0: Mic check, mic check, one, two, one, two. What up, people? It's your boy Chad Dave. need to, to the groove. You know what I do. You know what I think. You know how I feel, right? Um, you know how I feel about the DJ culture. You know how I feel about hip-hop. Uh, but this is something new for me. Um, I got a, I got a special guest in the building. And uh, like I told him off mic, this is a teachable moment for me. So we gonna sit down and talk. Um, listen, man. If you... If you like the dance, man. If you like the, you know, really dance, not hip hop dance, man. Yeah. If you like the salsa dance, and you in Columbus, Ohio, there's one person that you need to get with. I'm telling you, he put you in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, he is my oh, guest God. today. Oh, I am honored to have him here. Shout out to my dog, Rachel. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you for the connection. Shout out to Pass. Thank you for the uh, direction on yeah, this okay. one, man. So, um,
1: definite fam.
0: Needle to the Groove presents my man, DJ Chris Bell. (laughs) Just happy to be here. Very happy to be here. Thank Thank you you for coming, brother, man. You know, um, like we were saying off mic, man, you know, I really do this thing on on hip hop. But outside of hip hop, I really like to learn other cultures, other music, you know, and um, just get familiar, man, to have these conversations. I think it's important. Especially in Columbus, Ohio To capture these conversations Yeah I think um, You know Our city can be closed-minded sometimes You know And there's no knock on the city I love Columbus You know But we can be closed-minded We don't um, Like to expand on anything But Me as a journalist Me as a hip-hop dude It's like I got that lane mastered Mm -hmm. You know So so What else can I learn You know what I'm saying So um the first question i do want to
1: ask you though is why dj yeah it's a it's a great question um it was it's been organic since the beginning like everything has been an accident a happy accident uh, so it's probably easier if i start a little bit from the beginning sure to up to djing um it was a it was a Groupon with a girlfriend in Seattle. That's how we got. That's how I got to this. That was it. I'm serious. That's, that's serious sounds story. Amazing. I was like, I'm bored. I'm in Seattle, which felt like the middle of nowhere at the time. I wanted some culture because, for those of you who've been there, depending on what you call culture, there's not much downtown. Um, Seems and, like it's only rain in Seattle. There's not. There's there's some good stuff, but you got to hunt it down. You got to hunt it down. So went to this. Um, Shots to the Super uh, Yeah, see, see, see. Sean Kemp in this place. Right. Okay. Um, we went to this group, uh, this salsa event at a studio called Swannos de Salsa. It was in a basement basically. This guy just started it up. Um, and I just stuck with it. And uh, she was like, eh, hey, it was fun, but I don't like it, whatever. So like, fast forward. I stuck, stuck with it, right? I'm going to all these different studios. I'm falling in love with it. Awesome. Uh, I, I moved back home. Um, and I'm like, where's my salsa community, right? Mm. And I, I honestly couldn't find the community I was expecting to find. So I said, if you build it. My old instructor was like, you have enough skill under the belt, start up a studio and do something. And so that was the push I needed. That push turned into a whole lot from 2018 to 2019. And that's the establishment of Captivity Salsa. Yeah, we're, and we're getting to DJing, right. DJing started through two things. Um, COVID and my... My like idol, Ephraim Frankie Flores, who is Flores, okay, who is okay. who is my opinion one of the best DJs that we have for salsa in North America. I mean, the guy's a legend, crazy vinyl. Um, and basically, I heard him spin um, up in Cleveland at a social, and I just it's been a long time since so I just sat down, like as a dancer, I just sat down because the music was too good. Like I was just Ooh. like, I'm just gonna. B- be at peace and soak this in for a while. That's such
0: a powerful moment, right? Especially yeah. like there's been a few life changing moments for me as far as watching DJs. and mm-hmm. You know, uh, Kid Capri was one of those for me where I seen him tear down the Newport and I'm like, oh shit, this is what it's supposed to be like. Right? So,
1: yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally. So I just, I'm there, I'm dancing the whole time, but then I just. He he plays some some songs. And I'm just like man. So I go up to him and I'm like, what what is this? And he was like, oh. He hands me the record. I'm looking at it. I'm like trying to find it. He's like, oh, this whole crate is <laughs> unfindable. <laughs> and he has like thirteen. <laughs> like- and homie has thirteen crates. He's he's at an event that's like three hours long with thirteen crates, and I'm like, okay. He was like, this stuff is the stuff that you just never find. And it dawned on me in that moment that with vinyl,
0: mm-hmm. you can
1: you can have things that are not. Easily found, and make moments in dance that are flashes in time yeah. with a person. So you have a song that's beautiful, you'll never find it again. A moment with a person, you'll never find again, you know, potentially. And that was it. That took me down a rabbit hole, like like you would not believe. And then I just started scouring the internet. And the 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 good thing about twenty twenty and COVID is that, uh, I mean, it's it's a downside for some and an upside on others. Yeah. The vinyl market went through the roof Everyone's selling everything from all yep. over the world yeah so it was a great time to stock up on some really fine uh music because right now you can't even find those sales anymore so
0: oh yeah vinyl yeah 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 it's i i dig for vinyl um I, i've heard about your digging i heard that you got a lot of rare we'll get to that <laughs> but, uh yeah i like i love digging for vinyl but like there's certain records like you know as a as a fan of hip-hop, obviously, like, I try to find the samples, you know, I'm always for the samples. So. Sure. Yeah, I dig it. So, what kind of
1: music did you have in your household growing up? Oh, man, you're going to love this. Mm-hmm. I was raised on uh, rock and German folk music as a kid.
0: German folk music? <laughs> yeah. I get the rock. Yeah. Because, uh,
1: you know, I, yeah. I, I, grew up,
0: I grew up around, you know, I love yeah. 80s rock, I love 80s pop music, love it, love it, love it. But yeah.
1: German folk? <laughs> yeah, so my mother Right. So I'm half German and my mother's from Stuttgart. Word. Uh, so that it was, was so that was a big part of like my child childhood. And then I remember I remember my hip hop moment though. My hip hop moment was uh for me it was Bone Thugs of Harmony, East 1999 Eternal. <laughs> classic. Like classic. that that was it. I had the I, I got the cassette and I was like and I remember my dad saying you can listen to Crossroads and that's it.
0: And I remember being it like I was, was doing, I was trying to be so, I was
1: trying to be so good and I was like crossroads. And then I was listening to everything else <laughs> on that on that amazing <laughs> album: Absolutely. Oh my God, first of the month and all of them that just that speared me into a whole other avenue of life, right But yeah, that's what I was raised on. That was the norm. My dad played some soul uh, albums in the basement here and there, but it was mostly it was mostly that where um where did you grow up at Columbus? Like what's side, What's side? It's so on the side? East Sider. I went to Groveport, the capital for undergrad. Yeah. Yeah. That, that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what was
0: the, um, what was the like musical environment like for you like, in like high
1: school? Though? Oh man, teen clubs. Fat. So here's here's where like I I step into my uh, like club life, right? Teen mm-hmm. clubs were the jam when I was coming up. So it was like. Fat Jacks, Major Woodies. <laughs> uh, I'm serious. Like that's Class how I knew Pause. All, all, all that, all six. that. Studio sixty nine. Like that's how yep. I knew. So it was a constant, uh, always going out. Had to get a new outfit from the club all the time. Um, and that was that was a big thing. I was I was the cat at the table at the lunch table that made the beats. Oh, okay. I wasn't the yeah, rapper, yeah, but I was the beat maker with the two pens. Yeah, yeah, that was me. Going crazy, definitely. What was
0: the uh, What was the first piece of music that you bought with your own money?
1: Yeah, um, I thought yeah. I think it was uh, Fat Joe Don Cartagena. What? Yeah, bro. <laughs> which what? is Cartagena, but you know, they said Don Cartagena on the Yeah. You know. But yeah, it was um, still blazing him and Fat him <laughs> and Pun mm-hmm. all those Rich, Rich, Rich John Blaze, you know, <laughs> which they put on like thirty-seven albums. Yeah, but, yeah, you know, yeah. That yeah. was my exposure to it.
0: Nah, that's um, yeah. super fire, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah and that was like um did you did you have like a crew of people like yeah that you ran so with so
1: it was it's interesting because when i got into fat joe it's, it's the same time i got into big pun i was really as a kid i was really heavy so big pun was like my idol like yes. everyone loved big pun love even though pun. He was a big dude right love pun. um fubu back in the day so it was just that so yeah my crew was it was just a couple cats from school but i was always an outcast man like my, my coolness came through dance and through heading to clubs and i was it but outside of that, I was also, like, a major nerd. Like, I played D&D with people. I collected cards and shit. Like, that was me. I had, like, these two totally separate lives. Um, but they came together nah, as I grew either. up. That's fire.
0: You know, because that just diversifies, and, and you and you and you learn what everybody else is, you know, what they like and yeah. all their interests and stuff like that. Um, was there a specific, like, song in salsa that made you fall in love? Ooh, now
1: that's a great question a song that made me fall in love, a specific song.
0: Yeah, like, like, I always think, like, with hip-hop, and it's, like, kind of embarrassing to me, but now, now I think it's a fucking classic. Um, it's, a uh, Kid and Play. Rollin'? Uh, Rollin' with Kid and Play, now. Yeah, yeah. That, like, that was the moment, like, I knew, like, oh, shit, I love this shit. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
1: Oh, la, oh, lie. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that was the moment. Um, so there's a band called. There's a guy. His name is Bush Washington. In um, the in the al- the uh, orquesta is called Bush Isu Nuevo Sonido, and his new sound. And there's a song called Mariana Soba, and that song just like rides. Like there are certain elements of the song that you can just fall in love with, and then there's certain elements of other songs that just have kind of a flat tone. And the beauty of salsa is this building from the start to the end. Um, and that song does a great job of building from start to end uh, with a lot of instrumentation, a lot of solos, just beautiful stuff. Um, but as long as that's a part of the song, it's 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 easy for me to get into it. But when I started, of yeah. course, with anything, when I started in the beginning, beginning, um, I would listen to this genre called timba, which is like the Cuban hip hop, like mashup of that sound. Okay. Um, and it works a lot more with uh different styles of salsa as well but has a very different sound to it a very different sound
0: what was the first like piece of DJ equipment that you bought
1: though oh uh, so I have Audio Technica and it was like one one record player (laughs) Right, and I was like, I don't know what else to do with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had the stock needles and shit, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know, and, and you know, so so I'm learning all this, and this is where uh, True Skills was like my hero, honestly. He came through. I was like, Shout Shout to show. Like, I love True Skills, man. Shout Super humble, awesome cat, um, who got me really much, much deeper into understanding like why you need a needle, what kind of needle. Yeah. And then my friend Ian, a lot of cats don't know Ian. He also spends a bit of Oracle um, on Wednesdays but who is an audiophile. I mean, the guy is absolute. He does audio for, like, big events and stuff, so he just knows all things audio. And with their powers combined, I was not a failure, you know? With their powers combined. Uh, So, so yeah. yeah, like, two of the infinity stones right there. Yeah, it's (laughs) it's a blessing. It's a blessing. I just know how to... I, I do what I can to seek out my community and ask questions and stay curious, so... So,
0: as a DJ because I know you do your thing on vinyl. How do you feel about 1200s versus, like, controllers? <laughs> I and mean, be honest, because I, I I have a controller in there. Yeah, I, yeah. I I am practicing on the I controller. Shit on, I
1: shit on no one's game. No. But I will say this. Talk your yes shit, because I, all I, my OGs yeah. be
0: like, Trav, get that piece of shit out of here. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> and I tell them, hey, I, I don't, don't have
1: like, any gigs, so... I don't have enough money to buy. Yeah. So this is what I practice. I, I mean, I don't think, in, in my my opinion, is the twelve hundred is is it's, it's kind of hard to replace something like the Bible or the Holy Grail. <laughs> like that's the synopsis of what I would say. But uh, with that, you have a lot to upkeep, a lot to care about, a lot of intricate parts. I mean, one of the worst things about DJing, any DJ, will say this, I don't give a shit who they are, <laughs> how important they are. If you're if you're doing vinyl. Carrying all that shit gets old, like it just does. Yeah. So a lot of times we're like, "Hey, Chris, have this event with all vinyl every week," and I'm like, "I got to haul this show to the West Side every week." Yeah. But this why Oracle's so great, right? But I prefer twelve hundreds. I prefer I prefer just vinyl in general mm-hmm. um, for a lot of reasons, and it's not necessarily the nuance of the control that you can get from a controller. It's the fact that you have to be uh, creative with the needle and creative with. The, all the things that you know about this record and its and its do's and don'ts in its current shape, you know. Um, I appreciate that. I just appreciate those little nuances. So, with the nuances,
0: what's what's with Serato versus vinyl? Mm-hmm. How like how do you how do you approach vinyl versus how do you approach using Serato in your computer?
1: Right. I I don't use a computer ever. really i just started like 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 truly it's like at at or well at oracle it was always there at adela's um it's all vinyl at third way it's all vinyl i just started basically doing something super simple which is just like a lot of cats don't know this um for like salsa you don't need to mix mix okay you just don't have to because everyone wants to hear a whole song so all you have to do is fade and you're pretty much good, which is the cheater. This is why when I say it's I'm a definitely, DJ... definitely,
0: definitely a cheat code. Yeah, yeah,
1: But this is why I say when I'm a I'm a DJ, it's more of choosing the right songs to keep the vibe going and that's 99% of what I do. I would never uh, stress and say I could scratch and do any more complicated stuff because okay. that's not me. But that being said... You could do stuff just like on Spotify. Spotify has tools now within it, embedded within it, where you could do the things that you need. As an example, but I I don't use the complicated stuff because it's not—it's not a tool I need to use. Okay. So,
0: where? What's your most expensive piece of vinyl? Oh,
1: that's an interesting question. (laughs) Um, My most expensive—it's called um, Imperial Sextet—is the—is the group. Um, and it's called Poema de Amor. Um, on discogs, I think they still have the one that's listed for like a grand or something. But mm. it's it's a it's a fantastic. It's like one of those records that you know how you have a record that you only play for people that love music, and if it. all of them are not there, they you're didn't. not fucking playing it. Yeah, like it's just not like you can go on YouTube and hear, and that's fine, great. <laughs> you listen to it there. You listen to the couple songs they have. But if you can do, like, a listening party to, like, some people who just love... Like, and this is, like, true Puerto Rican OGs. I mean, beautiful, beautiful artists and music. Um, that, that's the most expensive. I I honestly still don't know how I got it, because they usually aren't for sale. They come up for sale, like, every five years or something, Word. right? And then I, I found one on eBay, and I was that
0: lucky. Is that also your rarest piece, or what's your rarest piece?
1: I mean, that that comes up as one of the most rare there's um there's a couple others from like so again that guy Bush Washington uh made a couple really awesome ones so he's a Panamanian cat and um a lot of his stuff just comes out very differently because it has a lot of synth in it and anytime you find some synth with salsa which is usually a band like a live band it adds that new layer so his stuff is is, is highly sought after um but any of his stuff is is pretty rare uh definitely hard to find definitely hard to find
0: now this is a question i ask all my dj friends and i love their answers because it's always honest when you go out and you're not dj how do you look at the dj
1: when they're spinning mm. How do I look at them? Yeah,
0: the, like, are you criticizing them? Can you can you put can you put aside your DJ brain when another DJ is spinning and just be like, I'm here to enjoy it and have a good time? Or are you like, are you
1: that cat that's like, that was why? I, uh, I think it depends on that, what that was I. trash. Well, I think it depends on what I came in to do. Oh, okay. <laughs> if I came in to dance as a salsa dancer, oh, well, we gonna get there. I'm shitting on you all day. <laughs> 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 As a cat that just wants to sit and be either entertained or absorb some tunes, um, I'm interested more in the selection that you have and how it fits like the mood that either I'm in or the vibe of the place. I think one of my least favorite things, like if I was going to criticize a DJ, it would be basically this. If you only play music for yourself, if it was just for you, you should just be at home. In my opinion. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like In my opinion. But if you're trying to make a vibe of the space should care a bit about that space and about like what you're presenting and and all the stuff they want right so
0: yeah I always used to feel like this like as a a hip hop dude like you know I love the most deaths and qualities right I love it like well don't play me that shit while I'm in the club like I I don't want to hear cannabis in the club I don't want to hear because I listen to that at home and I love it but when I'm out I want to have fun like that's not fun in the clubs like I don't want to be battle rapping you in the club like yeah should never made no sense
1: to me. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, I could totally see that. I could totally see that. Yeah.
0: So you talked about um, you just fade records, like. So how important is actually like blending to you though?
1: So it, it is important. I think uh, with respect to like RPMs and like how keeping the vibe up or down. Yeah. Um, a lot of that though, like the niceness of that is what you'll see with a lot of. DJs is they'll keep the tempo high if it's high and they'll just stay there, right? In salsa, you can't do that because everyone's dancing. And if they're all burnt out and you're just playing (laughs) fast shit, you look like an asshole too. So you have to find a balance between the crescendos, like the upwards and the downs of the vibe of your place. Mm -hmm. And you can do that not just with salsa, with other styles of Latin music like cha-cha or bachata or even a bolero if you need to. So that's that's what you're trying to go after is... um, actually it fits very much into the cadence of a salsa song where it starts off with like this introduction and it builds into like a mambo section and it's like at this big band craziness and then it, it's out. That's what a lot of salsa songs in the cadence have. Mm-hmm. So if you think of that at the start of a day or at the start of an event, you're going to have something where everyone's like loosening up, trying to feel it. You're going to build up and every so often every couple of songs or so you're going to have to fade back down so that everyone can go get some water and relax, right? It's a swap.
0: Okay, that that makes complete sense. Now this is this is a um, a question like, all right, when I think of like reggae, right? um, You know how they got the air horns like, and you know all the sirens. Do do salsa music? (laughs) Do they use that? Like, I I I know it sounds silly, but it's really like a real Latin DJ.
1: Like that's 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 like a real that would be like a real thing that you would hear oftentimes in in, like, especially in Colombia, man, like, that's a big thing, and in Mexico, it's a big thing to be on there shouting out. Um, again though, if it's a dance vibe, like, I want to be on there as little as possible. Like, you're not here for me. You're here for this music, and I want to share this with you.
0: But So, we're going to transition, because you're not just a DJ. You <laughs> do this dance thing, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, learning to love music early, when did you love to the dance? Like, in when general what did dancing come along with it like along with
1: music yeah oh like, man this yeah. is a good story it's a story that my mother is very proud to say <laughs> because it's, it's true she uh so I think I was maybe 15 or 16 there was a there was a, a teen club that opened up up the street from where I grew up on Refugee Road called Santana's Party House wow any of you Eastsiders who lived <laughs> in that area you, all of you know Santana's because it was <laughs> infamous but it was a little teen spot and my mother little German lady uh, she's like four eleven, talks all the shit in the world. That's a whole other story. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, dropped me off and said I'm not gonna have a son that can't dance, and she left.
0: What? I'm, I'm serious, and she left.
1: Well, I thought she left. She was actually like spun a union. Yeah, yeah, out. yeah, yeah. But that was my like first kind of I'm gonna go meet people and talk to people and be weird and meet friends who are like not in my school and stuff.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and that was like it for me. Um, that that was a big big deal. Uh, and then when we got into the major, uh, no, 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 the Fat Jack's time of life. Mm. Um, that was like a whole. That was just a whole other part. So dance has been a part of my music experience, pretty much my whole young adult to adult life. Yeah, yeah.
0: So was it like? Because um, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing, I'm assuming you started like hip hop dance, like yeah, 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 just
1: yeah. hip hop dance, yeah, yeah, just hip hop dance. And, had a had a YouTube uh channel for a long time. And some dances if you remember the down away.
0: So absolutely Cincinnati
1: and the wacky wood that we had here. Uh, yeah, all of I've those, those all of those, yeah. That was the origin of of
0: of me dancing. Yeah. Right. Now did you uh did did you have like a dance crew or did you like did y'all have like did you have like
1: routines or anything like that? It was just me and a cat I met named uh Steve Smith, he goes by. He went by Smurf Boogie back in the day. Um, but Smurf and I would go to all the places. Smurf t- rap? He did for a little while, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if he still does, but he did. Like back in the day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I know Smurf. You probably do. He's, yeah. He's still, uh, I think in the. He's still be running around the city, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, still around. I know Smurf. Okay. He's still around. Yeah, that's fam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he and I basically told everyone in Columbus we were cousins and we just always <laughs> went out together and did shit together, so. <laughs> That was, like, road dog, for real. Where, yeah. right, where,
0: where So, when did the... What's the origin of you... Uh, I, I know you was out in Seattle and that was the origin sure. of you dancing salsa, like, but when did you, like, really want to bring it back to
1: Columbus? Like, really, yeah. like... Again, everything was not, like, was very not planned. Uh, so, my mother had some health issues and I came back home and that was, like, the catalyst for me to come back home. Um, and... I, <laughs> I'm i not going to shit on anyone in the city uh, so, so sorry if it's about to come out for those of you who know me you know that I've had these conversations in private but anyways <laughs> I went to an event and I was hoping that there would be dancers there Like I, I, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm used to having a dance environment where um, the dancers start off and it's kind of like newer folks and as the night uh, progresses the deep enders show up and it's like crazy fun and man I was I was at this event and I was like this is this is terrible. Like mm. this is not a salsa <laughs> event. This is not there's no energy. Like I want to feel the electricity coming off sure. the floor like I'm used to. Um, and that was that was the moment when I, I was like I'm just going to do this. I'm going to figure out what to do and keep pushing and Facebook marketing. Amen, right? Like that <laughs> I did a lot for it. Where so this is
0: this is the moment where you got you got to teach me, right? Yeah. Cuz again like I don't really know. I, I know the Americanized version of it. Sure. And then, you know, doing my research, I learned, like, oh, shit. Like, it really got popular in the States in the 60s, really. Yeah. Like, um, <clears throat> do you credit, like, Puerto Ricans or <laughs> do you cre- uh, credit, like,
1: the Cubans? This is how you get shot. Uh, <laughs> this, this is, but that's the thing. It, you will be remiss to say it's one group. Okay. Honestly. Okay. And and here's why. So here the history of it lead I think lends into the credence of why you can't just do that. Um, because the history of it uh, is 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 very much American history, right? So started in Cuba, you know, Spain came over, conquered Cuba. Yep. That they killed off all of the uh, you know, Indios and Tainos, all the indigenous folks, yes. they brought Africans yes. over. So it was, you know, the, the African percussion, which they didn't know at the time that African dance is worship to gods, so yeah. they allowed that. Yep. And then over time, <laughs> so over time, that percussion blended with the Spanish songs and became many different things: son, wahira, like all of these different things that came into Cuba. And this is where you start stepping into West African religions yeah. that, are, about the, it. that are that are deeply <clears throat> embedded in Cuba. Um, so the orishas, I mean, we can have a whole other like topic on that, right? But who would I credit? it's It's difficult to say because as as more more uh, colonialization happened, you have salsa that's totally different in Cuba, from Puerto Rico or even Colombia or even like West Coast America. they're all different in dialect. Yeah. but but they all have the same intention and that intention all, all comes back like to the African intention. And that's the most beautiful part of it, it's me, so who would I credit? I would say that um, I would say it, it, it was birthed in Cuba, um, it grew up in Puerto Rico and in Colombia, and it and it tried to become I think more of a more of a formalized adult in the states. <laughs> <laughs> I take it. I take yeah. it. I take it. Now,
0: doing my research, New York style salsa. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is basically on to... And you're gonna to have to explain that to me. Sure. And then, LA style salsa is on one.
1: Yeah. Is that
0: is that is that a, that's me generalizing it? Is that? It's
1: it's a there's so much nuance around just what you just said uh, because. And that's why you're here. Yeah, yeah. It's it's actually it's actually more beautiful. So so so. I love that. Let's more beautiful. let's. I can't wait to use that. Let's in make my it very. Let's just make it very like uh, clear. There is no right or wrong way to dance salsa. Right. Okay. The, the original ways were just uh, to music and it was always just African dance. It just aligned with the dance, with the worship to an on one uh, cadence. And what that means is your break step, the step that moves you into another direction is on a one count. So one, three, five, seven, one, three, five, seven, and so forth. Um, on two, which uh, really...
0: Which Rachel always talks about. Which really
1: only... Right. <laughs> I'm sure. Which really only came into fruition, if you will, in the 80s when a, a guy named Eddie Torres assigned counts differently to the music. So when you think of it, it all it all comes from the music, not from your body. Because the music moves the body, right? Right. So with this rhythm that's called a tumbao, which is the conga and the clave, so doom doom ka tum doom So that slap is what Eddie Torres said makes a lot more sense for your break step. And it just so happens that the slap of the conga happens on the two and the six. Yeah. So you're... In, in his understanding and in his interpretation of the music, more in sync with the music on to stepping on that on that slap because the change of the note in its intonation makes a lot more sense for your body to change in direction. Yes. So so again though it's it's that is that fits very well with like mambo as a style of music, but if you're thinking Afro-Cuban or you're thinking more traditional Cuban songs, I mean on one fits far better in, in like oftentimes so it's situational it's kind of the real answer to it i've
2: well, had someone tell me that before where they're like we were on the dance floor and i'm like on two and he's like actually this would be a better song for on one i was like okay <laughs> yeah. you know it has a follow i'm like okay yeah. let's do yeah, it yeah. yeah
0: so there's like you said there's nuance and it seems like so in my mind to make it easier for me to understand is like Subgenres of dancing, or or the music, like like there's rumba, there's cha cha, there's mamba, there's mm-hmm. like how do you know what is what? <laughs> what? Yeah, like that is so.
1: You're gonna love my DJ answer. If you listen to more music. I lo- I, 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 <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's it's interesting. I think you become you become a better dancer and salsa when you listen to more music, and you you remain at your level as a dancer when you do not. Like so as an example I got into when I do like cardio at the gym I listen to high energy salsa so that when I'm about to go dancing my mind is ready for like oh this is high energy we know what to kick into but that feeling and understanding like the differences you can learn through like YouTube like high level ones but then when you start listening to the instrumentation and the organization of the instruments those genres shine through a lot more to me <laughs>
0: As a person that can't dance, Salsa seems like a hard-ass math problem. Why, why are the BPMs so high?
1: Only at certain times of the song, in certain songs. So an example would be, um, if you were dancing Salsa in Colombia, they have a much higher cadence of, of, of song like in general um, because of the way they interpret through and into their dance so some of them are really really fast and others are very slow it depends on the song though so from a, like a mambo crowd we like a more mid well, depending on where you are in the world too because in New mm-hmm. York they're like hey, that fast ass mambo let's kill it right <laughs> uh, but like generally speaking it's more of a relaxed up to up tempo uh, thing but yeah it's, it's because you're expressing right so a lot of salsa especially the old s- songs are really records of history of like Latin, Puerto Rican, and Cuban history—so much of it is there. So, if you're expressing joy and happiness, you don't want that to be somber and slow. You want that to be amped up and have feeling.
0: Now, with dancing, you are an instructor. Like, you
1: teach. You mm-hmm. really teach. Like, why? Like, why? Like- yeah. I, uh, I mean, honestly, I—it it comes back to that first moment when I was like, I got to correct something here. This is too much for me. And so much of it is, it comes down to one thing. People, I want people to feel music. What dance is specifically Latin dance, and it, this is coming from a non-Latino. It's very important to call that out. Dance like salsa taught me that there are conversations you can have with a person involving absolutely no words, and you can understand them deeply. So I can dance salsa in Paris where I speak. No French, absolutely, and they can speak absolutely no English or or terrible uh, uh, yeah, yeah, Spanish. Yeah, bro, I have, yeah. and we can walk straight into a dance floor, hear this music, and connect at a deeper level. That connection that I learned through the dance is what I want to teach to others. Where, now, who who leads in salsa? Anyone who wants to lead, but just like most things, it comes down to uh, it's it's balance, right? So you can't have two leads, you can't have two follows somebody has to somebody has to instruct and the other has to has to interpret and respond so it doesn't really matter if it's a man or a woman male female that technically doesn't matter as long as one is one and the other is the other and the balance is kept
0: right so what's like when you when you're when you're teaching what's the basic that you teach what's the sure like cause I, I when I was going through your page and obviously conversation with Rachel was like um You have your beginner stage, then your advanced beginner stage. And it's like, ah, it's still the beginning stage, though. Yeah,
1: yeah. So what do you, what's the first thing you teach? The first thing is just how to hold your body. A lot of people don't know how to just hold their bodies when it comes to, like, dance. So even, even as small as how do you stand, how do you splay your feet, how do you bend your knees? And then because everything comes from African intention, how do you allocate weight? on your legs because if you ever see african dance it is it's highly it's highly two things syncopated which we can step into as we go and then um full allocation of weight side to side very few times is it we stand structured and in the center it's very expressive and through all limbs through the core and expressed out through the limbs so you can start there and honestly learn ninety nine percent of the stuff you need in, in all dance, but definitely in salsa.
0: Do you do you do you start
1: with a partner? Do you start solo? Oh yeah, you're gonna start off on your own because if you can't handle yourself, you can't handle another. Right? It's a life lesson. It's the beauty of this as well. So you have to learn how to control yourself before we start to add you into another. So like class one is is half of it is you saying I can do this, and then the second half is I can feel embarrassed and still engage with a person and yeah, still do yeah. this right uh, so yeah
0: um, I was watching your page um, and you were doing like a solo dance and I think it was called a shine yeah you were
1: killing that shit bro I don't know where that was I, <laughs> I always feel like I have the worst shines I'm, I'm always like oh my god Chris do better it's you like can,
2: we have our three go to boobs you can do be better
1: yeah. <laughs> nah, like,
0: like you was doing step, and it was to me it was intricate and I was just like you was in the zone you can tell like when you hit that zone like
1: yeah. oh shit yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, my old instructor said it best um, I think it was him who said this or was another awesome instructor he's like you spend your entire salsa dance life just making it so natural that you can finally just enjoy the music and move mm-hmm. like all the movements come out because you hear the music it's just like straight like interpretation instead of you having to think and worry uh, so yeah who
0: who was your instructors? that's
1: yeah so it's a guy named uh, Michael Kahn I'm, I'm sure he'll never hear this I hope he does <laughs> um, I'll probably send it to him because I gave him a shout out but um, I'll send it to yeah, him yeah yeah his name's <laughs> Michael Kahn he, he still instructs Suenos de Salsa in Seattle he was the guy that kind of got me into all of this and pushed me even into starting up uh, Cap City Salsa because his words got me to go okay maybe I can do this, you know? Uh sorry. Yeah.
0: How 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 long does it take someone to become a good
1: dancer in your opinion? Oh, I don't I mean, my opinion is that I'm not a good dancer. I'm serious. I'm serious. But no. that's <laughs> what what I say to that it's very hard to to, that's to humble. justify. You're, you're that, very you know? humble for some In my that, mind it's like this. Um, a good dancer is a person that is having fun with the music and with their partner and I think that takes Um, as much time as you are interested in allocating to it to basically get up to a point where you can interpret through the music so um, it also depends where you are in proximity to like a real Latin dance culture like if you're if that's not near you it's going to take you much longer if that's if that's your experience in like Florida or New York or a large city where you have access like that I mean and you're passionate about it you can get that You can have the fire for real in like a year or so. But it's not something you can just pick up and casually do. You have to allocate time and effort to it.
0: Yeah. Because, you know, again, I I equate everything back to hip-hop. To me, salsa dancing is very sexy, where compared to hip-hop dancing, it can be very hard or very soft. Mm -hmm. Like, with your background in both, like... When you when you're teaching, do you have to tell people like this ain't hip hop? Like,
1: yeah, <laughs> so much of it is. It's yeah. like, this ain't twerking, bro. Like, we gonna. <laughs> so much of it is mm-hmm. remembering that you're dancing, you and your partner are dancing together, um, and it's not. It's never a me thing. And as soon as it becomes a me thing, you can tell in the dance from like two people that it it just doesn't fit. There is no way to be aggressive in the salsa and have a good dance. There's no way, mm. and there's no way to just be passive. You have like as a follow you have to have attention you have to be thoughtful as a lead you have to have eight steps ahead and hope that you uh know what you're about to do or you're gonna fail and feel like (laughs) an idiot all all song and then recover right like Mm -hmm. so it's humility back to back over and over over and over um yeah
0: i can't imagine the patience you have to have dancing and teaching
1: um
0: tell us about cap city salsa man
1: yeah um so started it's 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 a whole story it's a whole journey as yeah, these all are right so, I love stories I love so, a good story <laughs> man. so I started Cap City Saucers so trying to rent out like a little studio space In um, the first place was Columbus Dance Studio in Gahanna um, which here comes some more shit on I advise <laughs> I advise no one to go there for a lot of reasons, uh, but it was it was a good step in the door. It was a good step in the door, and I appreciated the opportunity. But like, if you were a minute over your hour, the guy was just like harassing an ah, asshole, which is just which is funny, you know. Um, but that kind of turned into me getting into a spot on the west side in franklinton which was uh, a yoga studio that they were like yeah we'll rent this out to you for like a small amount or whatever so i was there and that's actually how i met rachel mm-hmm. and a lot of others so that was kind of phase two of cap city sauce so this is all mostly in like 2018 then in 2019 the attic dance studio opened. shout out to the attic of, like, the big the big like culmination moment in 2019 where we had this beautiful mansion in the attic of it and we taught in this ballroom up there it was really gorgeous um basically covid happened so big shout out to my dance partner and partner in crime stacy white who has been down and helping and being awesome and patient with my crazy ass (laughs) since the beginning as well so uh she has basically been a part of cap city salsa nearly since the beginning but we wouldn't have any of the things that we have without stacy so um 2020 happened the world kind of yeah 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 (laughs) Yeah, so the world kind of took a crap on itself if you will um and Basically, we lost the attic because they sold the building. Right, Understandable. Um, And then I tried to jump into Wild Goose Creative. I was there for a while. But parts of that just don't really fit for the, the, I think, the space that you need for dance. You need a wood floor, like a vinyl floor. Ideally, you need mirrors, like, to learn well. And so without all of those things, I just kind of said, and with COVID and the constant on and off, it just made no sense to keep going for teaching right now. But that's, like... All we're trying to do for Cap City Salsa is it's actually very simple. I just want you to feel what I felt when I first got into it and I heard the music and I was like, damn, this is something that I've never felt before. Like, I've never had these moments before. Um, And as long as I can get people to understand and care about those moments, uh, that's, I think that's everything.
0: What is the feeling like seeing your students on the floor killing shit?
1: It's extremely humbling. It's Extremely humbling. I always say, I guess I do know something. Like, like, <laughs> like, like that's how I like to say it. Like, this is my kind of validation that I know at least a couple things. But I feel like you, it's hard to see it through your own dance oftentimes because you're critical. Like, at least me, I'm very critical of myself. I have high standards. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I see like Rachel or Andres, who's now in New York, big shout out to Andres, um, <laughs> and them growing through years of this, and I'm like, damn, you guys are like, Doing some shit, you out here dancing with pros, like what? Yeah, uh, that feeling is is awesome.
0: That's dope. I, I uh, again on your IG, I see that you travel a lot. Um, yeah. What's your favorite place to dance?
1: Oh, Dominican Republic, hands down. Right? Oh yeah. Tell me about it. Well, in <laughs> the in the Dominican Republic, dancing in the DR is like dancing with. So first of all, if you've never been, you should go for a lot of reasons. The the <laughs> for scene the world, for real. The what. Well, <laughs> When, I and mean the food. everything, dog. Like everything is great. Everything is great. The people are awesome. The community is great. Um, but the music, like the musical genre, there spans from old school like bachata, which was invented in the DR, was okay. created. It it became structured and shit here in the states with all this you know <laughs> you know formalized BS. But that's another story as well. Oh, we gonna talk about it. And then and merengue, like those two are their like known like traditional dances. But then they have dembo, which is like booty shaking hip hop music overlaid with like like all this Latin awesomeness. Uh, So you have amazing artists like El Alfa, Bad Bunny, like all of them make this style of music. Um, Yeah. Anyways, it's it's (laughs) sick. It's sick. So you have all of that there in like one place.
0: Well, um, I I do know um, that you go to salsa conventions too. Like um, what? Uh, what? I think I have a name for him. It's
1: right? called a Congress. A yeah. Con-
0: yeah, yeah, a
1: Congress. Yeah. Like, what's the best one you ever been to? The best one I've ever been <clears> to <throat> is is the is the best one there is, which is the New York salsa Congress. <laughs> I mean, there there is other. Granted, I can't really say that because I haven't been to the ones that I know are awesome like in Paris and other in other places. But the New York ones kind of like it's it, it's like your journey to Mecca, if you will, as a, I love as it. a salsa dancer. <laughs>
0: can't wait (laughs) now as a snob Uh as a salsa snob how do you feel about like Americanized salsa like
1: like ballroom salsa sure that is definitely Americanized salsa
0: like pop
1: pop lyrics over salsa beats like oh I mean I don't. I don't know why you would do it. It seems. It seems. It seems like. It
2: straight it's, it's like
1: blasphemy. It's like. It's like if your mom uh, cooked like the best dinner you've ever had, right? And then you proceeded to fucking put ketchup and shit all over. <laughs> just <ruined> it. just Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put ketchup on greens and yeah, shit. Yeah, I'm like. like, I'm like, you just like, <laughs> like, just squirting all this <laughs> nastiness on. You're like, man, this was so great until you ruined it. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. But that's that's a thing, and people tend to like that. And I look at. It, it depends on what phase of growth you want to be in. If you want to just be new, and that's all you want is to feel like you know something, that's great. That, that's good for sure, you, sure. you know. But if you want to grow, you have to get to where the growing is. Yeah. <laughs> you know.
2: There was a time where I would go out and dance and think that that stuff was kind of okay. Yeah. yeah. And I would, and I was new, and I, yeah. you know, to me it was it's like easier.
1: You are to hear a story. You gotta hear a story about this, actually, because you because you know the words,
0: so it feels like. Well, I, I know how to dance on beat. Yeah, but yeah, I, exactly. I know the words because it's yeah. fucking Britney Spears. Like, right, you know. right. So yeah. it's
2: a little bit of it's a little bit of knowing knowing when beats drop. No, know, you know these things. You grew mm-hmm. up with them. Mm-hmm. You don't know salsa music yet, so it was like a year or so of listening to it. And I'm sure you're hearing him talk, and mm-hmm. you were like, "Oh yeah, she was definitely taught by yeah. him." <laughs> and um, it was like a year or so of really listening to the music before I started to feel the music mm-hmm. and be able to dance in scenes like Chicago, Detroit, and be and venture in, to be brave enough to venture into New York yep. and and dance with some top people and feel comfortable yep. at it.
0: Like, cause I think um, you know, for for. People outside that don't really know, like we think, like Shakira or yeah. we think <laughs> you know. Ricky Martin. Yeah. But like, how do you feel about like, like, what do you get, like classify like Jay Balvin and Bad Bunny like?
1: What like? I mean, those are just, nuts. Those that's are just not. That's not salsa. No, 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 no. Okay. That okay. that's gonna be its own. It, it's it's more of a pop, like reggaeton style. And, and its its purpose, its intention is party. It, it's more not structure cadence dance necessarily. It's more get lit, have fun, and party oftentimes. And, that's, and that has a place. And this is kind of like why I love just the various uh, styles in Latin music in general because you can split them all up and they don't all have to be all things, right? But when you don't know the nuance, all of a sudden it's just all the same. It's just all, like, that's kind of the detriment of when they labeled salsa salsa it was to take all these Cuban dances son, wahira, somotuno, all of them and lump them into one category and structure mm. them so that everyone could could effectively uh, and easily consume it like that's why that happened but with that you lost some of the original feeling sure. of these imp- like specific dances
0: yeah is there like uh, a specific dance that you like that you love more than others like do you like, like a mambo or
1: cha-cha or yeah more than others uh, it's it's probably still always mambo but depending on the feeling like a good a good cha-cha man like a really good cha-cha when you're feeling it with the partner and you're both because you have time to it's like breathing in between the notes you have time to breathe you have time to be with that person and just sink into the music as I like to say and cha-cha elongates those breaths in a very uh, beautiful way and then there's yeah. these big instrumental um, solos in them as well, where you can express individually. Um, so that, mambo is gonna is is just a fucking party with whoever you're dancing with. It's gonna be like fun and upbeat and energetic and fun. So,
0: <laughs> so again, being the, being a style, when you go to like uh, you know these congress or whatever, mm-hmm. and you're dancing with somebody that's. Uh, like, a great dancer, Yeah. that feeling has to be like, oh, shit. Yeah. But what's it like dancing with somebody that just can't dance? Like...
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so... So... Here's my man hat.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs>
1: because when you put on your man hat, right? And you're like, I'm gonna dance with this... Like, you came out... Dr- if a lady came out dressed to the nines... Perfect. And we're in a dance scene, and I'm like, you dress like that, you probably shake your tail, you know? Mm-hmm. So let's dance. We start dancing, and it's and it's just not great. You keep it simple. You stay respectful. You chill, right? <laughs> and that's totally fine. Then, on the other end of the spectrum, <laughs> you get asked to dance by somebody, which is a very normal thing, and you're like, oh, I don't know if this person to know how to dance. And, mm. then you start, and then you start to feel... Them and you're like, holy shit, this person can dance. Then you can kick up the gas. So it's it's like graduating through learning about the person from the first time that you interact with them as the song goes. So it can get frustrating only only over the course of like if your whole night is everyone that's brand 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 new and you just wanted to have that feeling and you never had it. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like frustrating, but you have to think like everyone's on their journey. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. So if if I'm in a dance scene where everyone's on their journey and they're trying to like grow, totally fine with this. It's not even an issue. If I'm in a dance scene where everyone just wants to be like new, I'm probably not going to either go or dance. (laughs) Like that's
0: that. (laughs) (laughs) Who's
1: who's DJ? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, seriously. I'll just just skip. I'll just skip. I'll opt out. No thanks. I mean,
2: from a follows (laughs) perspective, if I get someone, I mean, being on time is probably the biggest thing. Like, let's just be on time, even if it's simple. I'm yeah. good. Just do some simple moves. Yeah. But when I got someone out there who's throw, I have walked away in the middle of the dance. Like, <laughs> I think
1: you should. I mean, if it's one thing that my older <laughs> struck, he, yeah. he taught us two things. He's like, if you feel like you're going to end up injured, yep. or if you feel like seriously, <laughs> yep. you, he, he told every follow. He's like, there is no shame. How do you get injured? Man. Oh,
2: they will throw <laughs> your arm out. Rotator like, cuff. Can, throw, yep. really? Yeah. yeah
1: because that's why like
2: he was just throwing things at me and just like i so there's a move that's mm,
1: called a hammer i walked lock. away and basically <laughs> in a hammer lock you put the partner's arm behind their back like almost like, like okay. almost like cuffs yeah yeah but it's resting right like over her like lower back okay and so as long as you have it rested there you're okay and there's little techniques like you're going to pull down to unwind your follow not out you pull out you could pop a socket. Oh, shit. so so here's why. Here's why. In in class, we teach sure. We teach patterns and moves, but like there's always the technique that foundationally makes the pattern work. Always, and that like. Rachel knows I'll spend if we if I see everyone stuck on one thing we'll be here Mm -hmm. for a half an hour of an hour class doing this one thing we'll come back next week it's fine
2: and I think that's a lot of what happens in you know the community here in Columbus is that like a lot of people want all the patterns just show me all the patterns Mm -hmm. but what Chris does and I was very fortunate enough to stumble into his class and learn greatness but what he does is teach you all those things—the technique, the filling, doing it the right way—and so maybe you won't walk out of there after four weeks knowing something super complicated, but that's okay because you're a better dancer for it. So that's the difference.
1: Yeah, I would argue that they don't know it anyways, though. <laughs> <laughs> Even after four weeks, because if you can't execute, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs>
2: right? Exactly. Exactly.
1: So,
0: what is the what is the future of salsa in Columbus, Ohio,
1: to you? That is a fantastic question well i am going to continue throwing events here as often as i can um so right now that's looking like it's going to be probably two times a month uh one will be vinyl and the other one will be however i feel i guess but i definitely want to have a vinyl night again because i miss it so much um but what i really want i want to be a student again yeah. I want someone to move back here who's dope as hell, and I can learn from them. Like I would rather that all day. Um, I don't know who the hell I can influence to come here, <laughs> but until then, I mean, what I would like to do until then is is to prep that next group. Um, what I would really like at some point, assuming the COVID smooths out, is to just have a studio. I would like one on the on the on the west side. I think is where I'd like it. Somewhere that's somewhere that like no one gives a shit a whole lot about or even the south side like somewhere that's not yeah we east side over here I mean I'm down for that too all that is fine I mean I've been east side my whole life yeah I'm east side you know what I'm saying Uh, but just somewhere that's a little irregular that's not high streets like sleep town I don't want that like I want to go where the flavor is Um, so in short it has a long way to go but if people keep showing up and dancing and showing up they love music I think it'll attract the real folks that need to be here Right, yeah.
0: Right. All right, so give me your top three salsa DJs of all time, in your opinion. Oh, top three. Mm. You can include yourself, too. No, nah, that, that's,
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm not even, I can't even classify myself. So I'll definitely <laughs> say Efrain. Um, I'm saying Efrain because the guy is so fucking humble and no one would even know how good he is. He's plenty of congresses all around the world. Like, he's just a quiet guy. Uh, but he's fantastic. There's a cat from uh, Toronto called Goody, Guri, Guri um, who's another an, another dude that no one really, I think, knows a whole lot about. But Goody Goody got, like, here's the thing. I was traveling in um, Puerto Rico and I found a, a 45 that he worked with somebody else to make um, at this record, this random-ass record store. Um, and I I took a picture he was like where the fuck did you find that right and I'm like dude I'm in San Juan and I you know I, mm-hmm. I, I." he was like I didn't even know those were around still that guy's great and so but during COVID all these cats came out the woodworks and I got to like learn who they are and from them and all this music um, then there's I mean those those two are at least the ones that I admire greatly mm-hmm. um, this is this is kind of of all time instead of of all time I'm just uh, I'll talk talk very personally about the cast that have inspired me so there's a guy named uh, uh, DJ Caesar out from Seattle who put me on to like before I even knew um, salsa or DJing or dance or anything there were so many songs I heard this cat play there was an onto social there called uh, Mambo Pika Pika and basically that was the graduated class like when you felt like you wanted to jump into the deep end in Seattle yeah, you yeah, a, yeah. once a month mambo pika pika uh, okay. and you would go in there and feel nervous and embarrassed and all that shit but you would see people who could fucking dance right and he was spinning their vinyl so mm. they had an AVM there and I was just like oh my god I don't even, I didn't even know what that meant right <laughs> this happens <laughs> yeah and, and like over the years uh, we occasionally keep in contact here and there, but I'm always so happy that he's like still spinning and collecting and shit. So, so
0: yeah. What is your top
1: three songs to dance to? Oh, all time? that is an impossible question. <laughs> that is an impossible question. Uh,
0: like just okay. The nope. classics, yeah. just like you know, yeah. If you're in the if you had the you had a dope congress. Mm-hmm that song comes on, you know you're gonna
1: buy yeah. it. Um, El Gran Combo, Se Me Fue, or Trampoline. Either of those from them are songs that I've played. Like, if it was a cassette, I probably would have liked the tape of the pop. It would have you know been, <laughs> right, right. been done. I play them all the time. They're great. <laughs> like They're like staples. Um, oh, man. That is such a good question. But those are the two like straight top of mind. There's a song from La Sonora Ponceña called Bomba Carabomba. All of these songs, it's, it's so interesting. A lot of these songs come from like origins of Sonora, like Mantancera, which is like this old like Cuban sun group. And they took these songs and they made them like, and they finally just recorded them, right? And then you get groups like a Gran Combo, Sonora Ponceña, who took them and flipped them and like added like some fucking mambo feelings to them. Too, yeah. And their flair was so good though. Uh, so I love Sonora Ponceña they're I, I think a bit underrated um, because they're like this was popular I'm like nah he's like their pianist his name is Papo Lucha and the guy is a fucking phenom he was the only cat that like any of the Cuban uh, 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 pianists he was the only one that they said he's Puerto Rican but he plays like a Cuban like they respected the fact that he was so good <laughs> was a, as a pianist that shit that <laughs> doesn't fine. happen That's right? it just doesn't happen um, so yeah, so, so those, those three, uh, I actually didn't think I would get this question. So then like obscure, <laughs> um, Sanson Batalla is another one, uh, Rafael Basta. So Rafael Basta had this really very different voice. Um, and it, it, it really rings through his, his records and they just sound so good. Um, and his songs are always just very, uh, Like story oriented from the foundations of the culture, Mm. you wouldn't know like this stuff. Like, so much of these songs are old, like hymns and stories and folklore from Cuba, Puerto Rico, or whatever. Yeah, Uh, so they got a rich
0: history, so rich, the richest, yeah, beautiful, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, DJ Chris Bill, man, I, 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 this was a lesson, this was a, a teacher moment, like I said from the beginning, man. I truly appreciate your time, bro. My pleasure. Um, I can't wait to play this. Play this back, <laughs> listen and learn, because I would definitely be like, who'd he say? Like yeah. <laughs> I'd definitely be trying to figure it out. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. again, I I love to learn, man. It's important. Um, you know, especially in Columbus man, it's important to have these conversations. Just get to get the word out, especially what you do, you know, what I do. Um, man, I just want to thank you, man. I for appreciate time, you so much,
1: man. Yeah, thank you. I
0: I, I I can't wait, man. And uh, you know, I hope uh, Cap City Salsa, you know, continues to grow and yeah. continue to do your thing, man. So you can tell the people how to get in touch with you, man. Your social medias or sure. You
1: know, yeah. uh, so Instagram is Cap City Salsa. We also have uh, a Facebook group as well, and so can keep joining. Uh, we haven't started classes back up again, but we will. And there's plenty of events happening, so. Um, if you're just trying to find me, I'm always out and about in the city, uh, specifically those two events. The one will be a Third Way Cafe uh, every second Sunday, and I just started up one at Adela's on Oak. Uh, big shout out to Adela's. Thank you for being so fucking awesome supporting a bit like something is different. Uh, so I really appreciate that. And yes, Carlo, Thank you so much. Um, hopefully, we'll make that also monthly, occasionally, but if you go to Chris at CapCitySalsa.com, you can email me.
0: Man, again, I want to thank you. It's your boy, Chad Davis, Needle to the Groove. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Paz. We <laughs> out of here. Peace.